0: food or poverty problem, what we have is a leadership problem. And we need our leaders to change their thinking, but we need to start with our pastors. And he said too, much, too many of our pastors don't know the word, and as a result of that, when they preach, they preach out of the Bible, but also preach voodoo. And there's a mix there. And so we need some people to train up our pastors and leaders so that they can understand God's word and lead effectively. Well, that started past uh, Dr. Faith on an adventure uh, bigger than herself, and um, she didn't. They do some online school stuff right now all over the nation. but uh, it wasn't right for them to set up an online type school. They needed to get people in the country. And so they go in every other month, and through pastors that she knows, um, she's been taking them in to do a subject for two days. It's eight hours worth of training. Um, And then another minister will go in, so they get two subjects in one weekend that each minister will do eight hours worth of teaching apiece. And um, so Pastor Marcus and I went in, and another pastor down in Apopka, Pastor Darrell Morgan, he spoke on the subject of evangelism. And I went in and ministered on the subject of the kingdom, amen, and opened up that lens of the kingdom with the Bible. And so we had a great time down there, you know, had 64 students. And um we're in a building way smaller than this one, um packed in there, uh, no air conditioning. in fact, they had his generator down on the floor below us because there was like a warehouse underneath us and man, the fumes were coming out. I thought a couple of times I was losing people not because they were tired, but the carbon monoxide poisoning, you know, and the fumes in and of themselves. we had to make some adjustments there, but um you know it's it was but God blessed us with overcast weather. it rained some, so it wasn't as hot as it could be. Uh, Pastor Darrell man he would his whole shirt literally was ringing wet literally it did change colors both of them and um, so you know it was hot but man they were they were excited about the word Pastor Darrell went first on Friday morning I had the afternoon session And then I got to take the morning session, which allowed me to stay in the subject of the kingdom with them through the whole course. And then he picked up the afternoon, and man, it was powerful. We sang that song, Heaven to Earth, down there. Uh, Pastor Marcus would come in and and sing a little bit in between breaks. And, you know, they don't know that song. We wrote this song. And so it's not like they picked it up off a CD anywhere, because we distribute the CDs. And so, um, but we put it up on a PowerPoint, and I'm telling you, he didn't go through it twice. They had already picked it up with singing it. Those who knew English and the ones who didn't, within two or three times, they were singing in English, and the whole place erupted. It was incredible, man. I got it on video. So once we get the video put together, take us a couple of weeks, I'll bring it up here to Valdosta and show you the trip and um, show the influence part of Anchor Faith Church in the world. Amen? So um, Pastor Cheyenne took care of um, ministering last Sunday night while we were out, and we appreciate that tremendously. Tonight I want to talk to you about the voice, Okay. I want to talk to you about the voice, because there's instruction that comes from the kingdom. Okay? Um, but unfortunately, God's not the only voice out there. Okay? But we can know His voice. All right? So let's start over to Matthew chapter 3, and we'll start in verse, verse 1. Matthew chapter 3, verse 1. We have been increasing, not only here, but also down in St. Augustine, for rain. We are having rain. We went through some rain in Lake City, and um, I called my wife. I said, "I'm sending that toward St. Johns County. I don't have a particular garden myself to water other than grass, but for those who need this, we need to continue to be uh, taking our dominion over the earth and calling this place with water." Amen. And it will come. Elijah, remember, he held back rain. He was a righteous man like us. Okay. And he held back rain for three and a half years. I don't believe that anybody's out there more righteous trying to hold back rain. Okay, I don't believe that. Um, and the Lord's probably not told somebody that. So we need to do the other side. And then when it's time to release rain, he prayed for rain. And he sent his servant, he said, go see what's there. And he'd hit the sign. and he'd go, there's nothing. Now a lot of people say, well, it's, our prayer's not working. No, Elijah knows when I pray and I release uh, faith into the heavens, into the unseen, it will manifest in the scene. So he kept sending the servant back, We're Not nothing yet, go back again, there's nothing yet. And then finally he came back and says, you know what, I see a cloud about the size of a man's hand. He said, that's it, that's all I needed. Amen. And from there a thunderstorm came in. Hallelujah. So, you know, we want to continue to be in faith, believe in God for that rain to come in. And um, not only here in, in, in Valdosta or the surrounding counties, but also down in St. Saint, uh, Saint Augustine, Florida, you know, a lot of places are burning up. Amen. Personally, I like to get it on a time frame, maybe between 4 and 6 p.m., you know, so we can set our clock to it, you know, still have a full day of great sunshine, let it rain for a couple hours, and then let's go in. And I really don't mind doing it from about 12 midnight to about 3 in the morning, too. It's probably better to rain during that time anyway. Then we don't have to be concerned about seeing it ever, we just know what happens. Amen? (laughs) Now, I was praying against rain in Volusia County this week because I was down vacationing with my family, and I didn't want any rain to hinder my um, pro-glow, my high pro-glow work, you know, my tan side. Amen? All right, Matthew chapter 3, verse verse 1 says, Now in those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, what did he say? He said this. He said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Verse 3. For this is the one referred to by Isaiah the prophet when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, make ready the way of the Lord. Make his paths, what? Straight. Isaiah 43, this is the particular scripture that he's referring to. The Amplified reads it this way. A voice of one who cries, prepare in the wilderness the way of the Lord. Clear away the obstacles. Make straight and smooth in the desert a highway for our God. So, what we're seeing here is it said a voice, this voice, okay, is calling, a voice is clearing away, a voice is saying something. The word voice in the Greek literally means this. It means any type of sound, including human speech, but normally a distinctive type of sound, as opposed to confused noise, okay? So, this voice is not just chatter. You know, if we all just started talking together right now, and we just all started carrying on saying different things, you know, it would just sound like a bunch of noise. But his voice is distinct. This voice is clear. This voice clears out the clutter, the chatter, the noise, and is a straight path. It's clear. It's clarity. Amen? You know, like when you take your, back in the day, you know, um, Not like today, you know, we hit scan on our radios, you know, and it just flips through and gets to play. Back in the old day, they used to have a little knob, you know, and you start turning that knob, and if you weren't on the station, you'd know it occurred and then you tune it right, just right into the right frequency, and all of a sudden clarity, there's that voice. Whatever was going on, you would hear it. But if you get it all frequency just a little bit, there's a lot of static in it, you know? You couldn't really make it out. That's what we're talking about here. There's a voice that comes from the kingdom that clears out all the other clatter and noise, all the other stuff, and makes things clear. Hallelujah. We need to follow that voice. That is the voice we are to be attentive to, Okay? With well, that being said, John, Jesus says this in John chapter 10. Turn over there. John chapter 10. It's important that we hear the voice of God, is it not? Because you understand, um, he he did the same thing that we're supposed to do. Jesus said, I don't speak anything of my own initiative, but only what I hear. Which means Jesus, who's God in the flesh, heard from the unseen realm by the Spirit of God, and said, I'm only saying what I heard. And most of the people didn't hear what he heard correct it's not like we have one account where god the father opens up heaven after he was baptized by john and he comes up out of the water and a voice from heaven said this is my son in whom i'm well pleased beyond that all the other times he's talking to the lord it doesn't say the voice from heaven came and everybody around them heard okay which means he heard somewhere on the inside he had the ability within him to pick up the frequency of god and hear clearly what to do that's important amen We can do this thing. So he says this in John chapter 10, we'll start in verse 1. It says this, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is uh, a shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep, how? By name. And leads them out. Verse 4. When he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they what? Know his voice. I cannot tell you how many times in, with dealing with people within the church body concerning situations in their life, they'll say, Pastor, I've been praying, but I just can't hear God. Well, first of all, that's contrary to Scripture. If you can't hear God, are you saying you're really not a sheep of God or you're not a child of God? Maybe you're not even born again. Is that really what you're trying to say? And most of them, no, 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 Pastor Earl, I'm born again. I've received Jesus as my Savior. I've made him Lord of my life. I believe he died on the cross and rose from the grave. Okay, well then if that's the case, if you've entered in through the door and now you are a sheep in his fold when he's the great shepherd, the good shepherd, the Chief shepherd, then you hear his voice. Amen. What we do is we get out of faith. We don't even a lot of times believe we can hear Him. So we hinder hearing Him because we don't even believe we can. We're confessing, I can't hear God. I can't even hear Him. He doesn't talk to me. That's contrary to Scripture. He says that the sheep follow Him because they know His voice. Amen. People say, well, what does the voice of God sound like? I don't know what it sounds like. A lot of times it sounds like me because it seems like I pick it up through my own, you know, when I'm talking or when I'm thinking in my head, it sounds like me. You understand what I'm saying? Go ahead and count to ten. Do You hear somebody else's voice in there. Typically, you're thinking it's your own voice. You don't hear yourself, though, do you? Go ahead and count to ten. Ready? Let's go one to ten. Ready? Go. Now, I count a little slower than y'all. Did you hear yourself? Did you hear yourself? I didn't hear any of y'all. I heard me, but I didn't hear you. But you didn't hear me. Yet I actually heard myself literally go one, two, on the inside. Which tells us we have the capacity to hear in some realm that nobody else can hear. Amen. Hallelujah. In the same way you're hearing yourself, count to ten. Come on, let's do it again for fun. Ready, go. Don't laugh. You're messing up my hearing. (laughs) You hear yourself, don't you? You hear very clearly what's one and what's not five. Right? When you start at all. Hopefully you started with one. Now, Jimmy, he's from Baker County. He might have started with a different one. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You knew which number you were hearing. And there weren't other things distracting that. Once you settled, you put the rest of it out and you heard. When I gave instruction, count from 1 to 10, you then heard that voice. Amen? So, when we're talking about God, we need to say, you know, I hear God. If we're in a situation that we don't have an answer for and we know God does, then we say, you know what, I'm going to hear God on this. Because I am a child of God. I am a sheep in His fold. He is my shepherd. And as a result of that, I hear Him. Amen? And I follow His leading. Because when I get in there, he speaks to me and I follow him. What does it say there in verse 4? The sheep follow him because they know his voice. Those who are born of the Spirit of God, they are led by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit sounds like Jesus. Because the Holy Spirit won't speak anything on his own initiative, but only what's been spoken to him. He follows the same example Jesus did. Jesus said, I don't speak anything on my own accord, but only what I hear from my Father. So here's Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father. The Father speaking to him. Jesus is speaking to the Spirit. The Spirit speaking to you. Amen? Hallelujah. Verse 5 tells us this. A stranger they simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Now that's a powerful statement. Oh, that we could get to a point in our life to where we so recognize a stranger's voice, and we would do what we try to teach our kids. Now you don't go with strangers. Come on now, you wouldn't want Lexi to be going up, you know, out here playing, and all of a sudden somebody drive up and say, Hey, little girl, come over here, I got some candy for you. You'd be upset if she says, Okay. Right? She doesn't know him in that car on the highway. Right? You want to train her, no, if they're strangers, you don't listen. I don't care what they're trying to give you. You see what I'm saying? Same thing with Jackson. I mean, you don't want him running up to somebody he don't know. You in the mall somewhere, so hey little kid. What's your name? You know, it's always cute when they do talk, but you understand, we don't want them following a stranger's voice. Why? Because a stranger will get you off. A stranger can lead you astray. A stranger will take you down a road that can kill you. This is why we train our kids in the natural to not listen to strangers. Don't do what they say. You listen to your mom and your dad, people you know. That's who you obey and follow. Well, the Lord's the same way. He's saying, listen, don't follow a stranger's voice. And the stranger's voice is contrary to God's word. Amen? Verse 6, he says, This figure of speech Jesus spoke to them, but they did not understand what those things were which he had been saying. Well, thank God we do. Amen? Now look at verse 16. Drop down to verse 16. He says a few more things concerning hearing. He says, I have other sheep which are not of this fold. Now, what he's doing now is he's making a distinction between the nation of Israel, the Jewish people, and Gentiles. He's saying, listen now, y'all know that I am the king of a nation, that I I have a covenant with Israel, but but I want you to understand something. There's another fold out there that you don't know about. I have some more people I'm going after. Because ultimately, I'm more than just the king of the Jews. I'm the king of the world. Hallelujah. In all humanity. He says this, I have other sheep which are not of this fold. I must bring them also. They will what? They what? Will hear my voice. And they will become one flock with one shepherd. So that tells us we can hear God. This is so important. We can hear God, and I'm going to tell you right now some things that God's speaking to me about certain aspects of the vision. He's not speaking to others, and I can start relaying that. And they're thinking, "Man, I don't know," but you know, I hear God about some things, like here with Valdosta, certain levels of transition that we've been doing here in Valdosta. When I first came out, I heard clearly what God needed us to do, and when we needed to release that piece, those pieces of information, so that it's for the best of the church for the body, and allows people to get in their fit and in their purpose. And allows this thing, which God ordained in Valdosta, to carry on. Amen. So we hear the voice of God, and then we begin to follow it out. We begin to act on what we're hearing. Now with that being said, now jump down to verse 27. I love this. Verse 27 tells us this. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Now I love that. Notice that his sheep don't go their own direction. Come on now, you with me? The sheep are not designed to go in another direction. He uses this because the shepherd takes care of the sheep. They are safe when they're in a flock. When they get out by themselves is when they're at the most danger. Again, Jesus used this. You know, a lot of times ministers like to get up, you know, and they talk about sheep because they say, well, sheep are stupid, you know, they're real dumb. And, you know, I don't know their intellectual level. I've never tested one. I do know this, though. I don't believe God's walking around saying you're a dummy. I don't believe that because we're children of God. I believe what he's saying is is that the sheep are better suited when they're in unity with the rest of the flock because when they get off by themselves, they're at risk. Which goes in line with our Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 25, Do not forsake the assembling of yourself together as the day draws near, but encouraging one another. Amor, all the more. Why? Because we become more at risk in a world that's not in its original intent of how God created it because there is a wolf out there, there is a rowing lion that is seeking someone to devour, and when we get off by ourselves and we're not hearing the voice of our shepherd, if the shepherd wants to take you off by himself, that's fine. But understand this, usually, <laughs> the only reason when sheep are actually getting isolated from the rest of the flock is when they're fixing to shear them. Going to have to lighten some load. you you getting heavy burdened. I'm going to have to pull some things off you. <laughs> Amen. Or you've produced some fruit here that I need to get off so that you can produce more. Yes, there are private times we have with the shepherd. There's no doubt. But the sheep always are restored back to the flock. Hallelujah. And we hear God's voice. Amen. So he tells us, he says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Now, this is in line with the kingdom. Because, again, the king has the final say. You see what I'm saying? What he tells us, we do. Why? Because it's life. It's life. I love to do whatever he says, because whatever he says is life. Period. I love that. Because God cares for me. The shepherd does not want to see his sheep dying. His, his, um, you know, his livelihood, so to speak, for a shepherd, is contained within his sheep. And the Lord is the head of the church, where his body, why would he be maiming or cutting his body off? I mean, Jesus is not in the habit of cutting his arms off. He wants his whole body to function. So he has an interest in us. Anything he says is for our good, and it advances um, him, period, and advances his kingdom and his message. And it brings provision and goodness to our life. Amen. He's not here to to hurt us. He's here to bring life to us. That's why he calls. Just like, again, if we're outside after church today and Lexi runs off to the car where the man's pulling, what are you going to say? Lexi, you better get back here. Come on now, right? And he's going to go, no, girl, come on. It's okay. Opens the door up. Now, Jimmy's probably moving at this point towards the man. And that's okay because that's what the shepherd do too. Because He's whipped, stripped, killed, destroyed the works of the devil. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And He's here to divinely protect us, though we have that through His Word. Because again, you understand, Jesus is not just a man. He was the Word long before He became Jesus. So you understand, with Jimmy moving towards Him, it's no different than His Word being spoken from your mouth. You're releasing the presence of God, Jesus, in the Word context to go and destroy whatever's trying to hinder you. Amen. Amen. We overcome Him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. It's the word of faith that overcomes. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word of God. So it's the same thing when Jimmy's moving towards that. He's like the word moving towards the situation in order to uh, keep it from attacking that which he's trying to protect. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So, you're wanting that voice of yours to be heard over the other voice and you expect that she would follow. Why? Because it's for her protection. It brings life to her. Amen? Okay. Here's the problem. In the beginning, Adam lost the dominion that was given to him in Genesis 1.26 because he didn't listen to the right voice. This is why... Hearing the voice of God so important. And obeying the voice of God because there's life in that voice. And Adam lost all dominion because he listened to the wrong voice. Let's look at this. In Genesis chapter 3 verse 17. Genesis 3 17 says, Then Adam said, then, then to Adam he said, that's the father, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife. Now this doesn't mean wives don't have a voice. So let me just settle that right now, okay? But he said, because you listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you; in toll you will eat of it all the days of your life. Instead of the ground working for him, he had now had to work for the ground, okay? Because he listened to the voice of his wife. Well, what was the voice of his wife? The voice of the serpent. The serpent said, you'll surely not die, because the Lord knows when you eat it, you'll be like him. She listened to the wrong voice, and then she echoed that word. You see what I'm saying? That's why it's very important to understand what you're hearing. Because listen, in the marriage relationship, sometimes we can put ourselves in a position to say something we shouldn't say. And it's proper for us to recognize, I hear you, but I'm not hearing you. Because what you're saying is contrary to the word. And I have to hear that voice and that voice only. Jesus did this with, uh, uh, with Peter in Matthew chapter 16. He said, who do people say that I am? He said, you're, you're, you're the son of God. He said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood is not revealed that to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Called him blessed. He said, man, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. Amen? Upon the rock of this word, of this revelation that I am the son of God, I'll build the church. And Peter to you, I'm going to give the keys of the kingdom, that whatever you bind on earth shall be, have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven." I mean, He's giving praise to this God because he heard the voice of the Father of his testimony of who Jesus is. Then Jesus goes on in the same line. We've already had this message here, you know, within a matter of just about a minute and 30 seconds, Jesus said, "Now listen, when I go to Jerusalem, I'm going to suffer at the hands of the Pharisees, man they're going to kill me, I'm going to die." But on the third day, Peter locks up on the word die, pulls Jesus to the side, and says, May it never be. Now Jesus says something different to Peter. He said, Get thee behind me, Satan. You see that? What do you realize? The voice that you previously had, same guy, same vocal, vocal pattern, you understand? You're the Son of the Living God. May it never be you die. Same voice had heard two different voices. One was hearing from the Father, Flesh and blood's not revealed this to you, but my Father who's in heaven. The next one he's saying, Get thee behind me, Satan. Because the voice you're talking right now is not the voice of my Father. Do you see this? This is why it's important for us to hear what God's saying. When we get in situations and circumstances, we want to speak what God says. We want to hear that voice and communicate that voice and that voice only. Hallelujah. And so, Adam heard a wrong voice from his wife and then acted on that voice when he knew the voice of his dad said, don't eat this fruit because the day you eat it, you'll die. That's a problem. Amen? So, he said, you listen to the voice of your wife. Amen? Now, another translation concerning this um, talks about... That this voice, you heard the voice or the crying of your wife, that means this. It means to cry or shout with unusually loud volume. To scream, to shout, to raise an outcry. That voice sounds different than the previous verse we heard in John the Baptist. That voice cleared a pattern. There's another voice talking that is screaming and shouting and bringing confusion. Amen. And so you've got to be able to determine which voice is the right voice to listen to and we have seen and i'll show you some examples here in the word where people um had to make a choice based upon the voice they were hearing and based upon the voice they were hearing determine whether or not they received or not okay so with that being said turn over to mark chapter 10 mark chapter 10 hallelujah mark chapter 10 verse 46 okay I'll give you a couple examples here. It says, Then when they came to Jericho, and he was leaving Jericho with his disciples, a large crowd, uh, and a large crowd, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the road. When he heard, right? When he heard that it was who? Jesus, the Nazarene, he began to cry out and say, Jesus. Son of David, have mercy on me. Now he heard it was Jesus. Now when he heard it's Jesus, he also knew this. Jesus is the healer. Jesus has been healing people. The Bible tells us that Jesus went around, uh, said in Acts chapter 10 verse 38, it says, look how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. It said he healed so many people that his fame uh, of who he was was so... Uh, Um, large that he couldn't even go into big cities anymore. He had to go to surrounding, outlining parts of the city because if he got in, the crowds were just too large, too large. I mean, he was healing every manner of sickness. So when this man's on the road, he's blind and he's a beggar because he can't work, he can't provide for himself, he can't see, he's been reduced to begging for alms. He heard Jesus was there. Immediately, faith rose up in him and he says, I need to get to Jesus. I need Jesus to know I'm here. I need, what's he want? I want to be healed. So he began to shout, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Thinking, man, if you've healed everybody else, will you heal me? I mean, have mercy on me. Heal me. Now look what takes place. Verse 48. Many, not just one, many were sternly telling him to be quiet. Can you hear as a large crowd? Here's Jesus, and all of a sudden... Out of this crowd. And you understand people when they're in a crowd, they're not quiet. They're murmuring. They're having conversations in the midst of that. I mean, they're talking, you know, people are talking about what's going on. They're not in silent awe. Following Jesus, you understand. I mean, they're having conversations. The further they get out from Jesus, probably the more they're talking concerning what's going on, on the inside. Now I could imagine people closer to Jesus probably are being a little more quiet in case he's saying something. You know, But as it gets further out, I'm sure more conversations. And here he is on the roadside, and he's caught his attention. What? Because he can't see Jesus is there. He's heard someone in the crowd saying, "What?" and he might have said, hey, what's going on? What? what what's all this sound? How come I hear so many people? What's going on? Someone said, oh man, Jesus, the Nazarene's going by. The minute he heard that, he said, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me! And began to shout it. At that point, they're thinking, dude, we shouldn't have told him. Right? I mean, they're thinking, Shh, man, hush. Be quiet. And then they sternly, I mean, they're saying, you need to shut your mouth. Shut up, man, shut up. But he said what? What's the Bible say concerning this? As they sternly warned him, man, tell him, be quiet. He cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. I mean, he shouted even louder. Why? Because he said, I ain't going to let nobody stop me from getting to Jesus. Amen. I'm telling you, in life, a lot of circumstances start screaming at you. You know what? You pull out a bill and your account starts screaming at you. You ain't got no money. You can't pay this bill. they going to kick you out your house. You can't have nothing. You ain't going to keep that car. Oh, how are you going to get groceries? And I didn't realize checkbooks could talk or bank accounts, but they can. It's amazing how loud they shout and scream all the more. No, but my God will provide. Who you think he, you are God provide. He ain't here with you. He ain't going to take care of you. You need to shut your mouth. You ain't going to get nothing. You better hope you get another job. You better go look for one. Cause I don't know. All that start coming up. Worry, anxiety start shouting at you, screaming at you, trying to tell you, be quiet. But that's when you need to shout all the more say, no, my God's my provider. He'll care for me. He'll take care of me. Amen. And you get the word out there. Get attention to that word. Hear that voice. What's God say about this circumstance and situation? Because if you shut your mouth, he's going to pass on by. But he kept saying and shouting, and it says in Jesus, Stop, call him here. So they called the blind man, saying to him, Take courage, stand up. He's calling for you. Throwing aside his cloak. That's a powerful statement right there. That's a faith statement. Because you understand the beggar had his cloak to cover himself to sit on, to have be there, because that's how he begged. He threw it aside. What was he expecting? I won't need this anymore. I'm not going to need this anymore. Throwing aside his clothes. He jumped up, came to Jesus. Verse 51, and answering him, Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said, called him teacher, I want to regain my sight. Jesus said, go. What did he say? Your faith. Not my faith. Your faith. That's so powerful. A lot of times people want God to do it when God wants us to to cause Him to act on our behalf. Faith causes God to act on our behalf. Faith makes a demand on a right and privilege of a citizen in the kingdom of God so that God now acts on our behalf. Hallelujah. Do you see this? So Jesus said, Go, your faith has made you well immediately. Woo, glory to God. Immediately He regained His sight and began following Him on the road. I mean, where's He going to go now? I mean, He's rejoicing... I can see. Don't need the cloak. That man earlier that day don't know how long he was blind. Doesn't say could have been from his birth. Doesn't say what it was. But all I know is he showed up one day and he did everything he always did. He pulled his cloak out, he sat on the side of the road, he got his little cup, and he's begging for arms, hoping he gonna get somebody. Somebody gonna feel sorry for him to see his skin. Did you understand how many people still just want to sit on the side of a road and have people feel sorry for them so they can get a little bit? When the Lord walked by, and we can do more, and start going, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on him. You call out his word. Call out his name. Hear that voice. Listen to the voice of God. And God, that they changed that. man. He's healed. Why? Because he heard Jesus the Nazarene had went by, and he knew what Jesus could do. And that voice made a way, did it not? Amen. Another example is this, and I'll just give it to you as an example. You'd have to read it yourself, is in Exodus. In Exodus, um, the Lord brings the nation of Israel out of Egypt and says, listen, I want to put you in the promised land, a, a land flowing with milk and honey. The wilderness is not the promised land, nor is it the place of God's will. It's amazing how many people will live in a wilderness. Because in the wilderness, there is a provision. But I want you to understand something. In a wilderness, there's only provision if the people around you are going to be destined to get to the promised land. The reason why God took care of those in the wilderness is because the generation that rejected him was cursed. They were going to die there. It was the other generation he's actually taking care of and needed them to be around to take care of them till he raised them up to take them in. So it's an overflow is what took place. For those that were already destined to not make it because of their rejection. So what takes place is, is the Lord brings them in. And within, what, eight days? Eight days of being delivered from Egypt. Eight days. They get to the Jordan River. They see. And what takes place is, someone makes a suggestion to Moses. Moses, let us send some spies in. Let's figure out how we're going to do this. The Lord's given us this land. It's a land flown with milk and honey. How does he want so uh, Their intentions were honorable. We just want to know how to do it. I mean, they're expecting God's going to get a plan to them. So what takes place is they come in, and he asks and So Moses said, okay, fine. We'll take one from each tribe, one man from each tribe, send in and go in and spy the land out, and then come out and give us a report. Now what Moses is expecting is they're going to come back with a plan. They're going to have heard the voice of God on how to go in and conquer But what takes place is that they come back, and what are they carrying? They're carrying grapes about the size of grapefruit. Huge cluster. Two men are having to carry it. They're so big. And they throw down this supply that verifies that what God said is truth. He said, yes, the land of Canaan is just as God said. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. Well, if God got that right, can He get the other right? I mean, they saw that. They witnessed. They literally saw that it is just as God had said. What? That voice spoke. The voice of God made it very clear. But what took place is, is then they saw some giants in the land. Now, God didn't tell them about the people because it's irrelevant. It don't matter how big they are. don't matter how big the giant is. It don't matter how bad the situation or circumstances, it don't matter how numerous, how fortified they are, if God says you have it, you have it. And He'll provide a way for you to overcome and conquer. Period. But they started looking at that. And they saw themselves as still slaves. They still had a slave mentality coming from the land that they were just delivered from. And they said, hey man, there are giants in the land. And and they see us as grasshoppers. Now, let me tell you what they didn't do. They didn't go to the giants because they were spies. (laughs) You understand? They're not having conversations. They're spying it out. And when they saw that, they didn't go up and say, hey, what do you think about me? They didn't get personal interviews to determine that those giants say, man, y'all just like a bunch of grasshoppers, man. I mean, we eat y'all. We eat grasshoppers. You understand what I'm saying? They didn't have that conversation. It's what they thought the giants thought about them. So they come back with a thought. They heard something. You can't do this. You ain't going to make it up in here. Look how big them people are, man. Look at the fortified cities. Are you kidding me? They're going to wipe y'all out. Now, you think they'd be able to say, hold on now. We just got delivered from a whole nation. I mean, my God, my king, he smote Pharaoh. Smote him. I like that word, smote. Smote him. I mean, he brought the plagues on him. He's bad. Don't talk to me about these guys because God will do to them what he did to Pharaoh. But it's just amazing how they forgot. So here they come back, 12 of them. They say, yep, it's just as God said. It's a lamp flowing making honey. But there's giants in the land and they see us as grasshoppers. We can't take it. 10 of them, of the 12, says there's no way. Went back to their tribes and got the whole tribes all jacked up, messed up, man. They all, ah! They're hearing the voice of their leader saying we can't do it because the voice of their leader listened to another voice saying you're just a grasshopper. But there were two, praise God for the two. Two, Joshua and Caleb said no, we're well able. I mean, if we, I mean, God, gosh, man, it's just like God said. If God shows, if God says it's a lamp, oil, milk, and honey, and we know that we've got evidence of it, then surely He can deliver us too, and He, we can overcome them. We do it. Don't listen to this report. But the whole nation turned, and God said, forget about it. They're stubborn, stiff-necked. They're rebellious. They'll die out here. I'll take their kids in. And that's exactly what happened. Why? Joshua and Caleb were the only ones who could go in. Why? Because they heard the right voice. They continued to stay to the voice of their king. Amen? And this is so important. Because it cost Joshua and Caleb and the children 40 years of their life. Because ten men listened to the wrong voice. Ten men. This is so important that we, as children of God, hear, and we can, because Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. We can hear God's voice. The kingdom will give us the instruction we need, and we obey that instruction and can't go wrong. We do not listen to other voices. They're strange voices to us. We do not entertain them. As much as we raise our kids not to hear those voices, we must train ourselves not to hear those voices and only listen to the voice of our King. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we honor you. We thank you. You're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we praise you, Lord.